And welcome to the first episode of a new talk of 2016. It's Elaine Janelle with the mic, also known as Miss Mickey Jane. I hope that you are uh, enjoying the music thus far. That was King out of L.A. with their song called The Greatest. They did that song in tribute to Muhammad Ali. And if you like what you hear, check them out. Y'all know what I say, check them out. If you like what you hear, uh, their new album... The first full album is actually coming out February the 5th. They're doing an awesome tour right now. I mean, they'll be in Boston, Philly. I mean, they're just hitting up so many cities. And they're doing it all by themselves, pushing their own music. Fresh off the pot, we are king. All right. <laughs> if you like what you hear, check them out, y'all. It is our first episode, y'all, as I have already stated. And our topic is called Now. And on this present episode, we are... Introducing the co-host, first-time co-host of Renew Talk, my good friend, Miss Kelly Pritchett, out of New Jersey. And she is currently embarking upon her own degree in communications, but she's also a singer, and she gets on the drums every time you need her. She's just a great friend, and she'll be joining with me. She'll be joining with me in this episode in just a few moments. So before I get into all of that and before she comes, I just wanted to introduce my topic today. It's called Now. It's so simple, so easy, and it's uh, memorable, I hope. And I <laughs> chose that topic because what Kelly and I will be discussing are the mindsets of now, the ideas of now. Anything that's on our minds, now. Friendship, music, emotions, uh, social media, um, faith, faith in God. And we discuss just so many different things. We veer off a little bit here and there because we let our hair down just a little bit. But it's just a good dialogue conversation about things that are happening and how we feel about how we're growing in life. Things we're learning and things you learn as you get a little bit older. Okay. So I hope that you enjoy it today. And before I get into that, I just want to leave my theme scripture. And uh, it's coming from Hebrews 11 and 1, 2, and 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith. Mr. Sean Mason said, I believe the third episode, he said that many people have faith in faith, but they do not have faith in God. They like the idea of faith. They like the idea of believing something you can't see. They like the idea of being positive. They like the idea of being optimistic. They like the idea and the challenge of knowing that something can happen and you not have any proof in your hand, particularly, that it's going to happen. But my problem is, is how can you have faith and not have faith in God? I'm just tapping on it a little bit today, but we're going to take care of more of it later. How can you not have faith in God? You got to have faith in something. If you're saying you just have faith, then you can have faith in plastic. You can have faith in electricity. You can have faith in shoes. You can have faith in, in, in metal. That's not real faith. That, that is definitely worshiping a, a thing and not worshiping someone. And so my challenge is today. It's to encourage you to have faith in God. 
to know that it is the substance of things hoped for. So that means that it's proof of things that are coming. Hope, hope maketh not ashamed, the Bible tells us. And if you're hoping in God, that's what causes it not to be made ashamed. If you're saying, I hope that things are going to get better, that means you're putting your hope in the air. Your hope does not have a standard. Your hope does not have a foundation to come from. But if you're saying, I'm hoping in God, that means there's a foundation, there's a standard of which this hope can remain. And then it also says in the scripture, evidence of things not seen. So... How can I not see something yet have evidence? We think of crime scenes. They have evidence. A car accident has evidence. Something leaves proof that it happened. Here, I challenge you today to believe God and have faith in God to know that if you think it's going to happen, if it's something that God has spoken over your life, if it's something you've read in the word of God, if it's something that God has said to you, you have faith in God that it's going to happen. Stop looking for answers from everybody else. Because some people just will not understand. Okay? So I just want to encourage you today. Have faith in God. Now, back to our topic for the day. <laughs> now, back to our topic of the day. Now, faith. Present faith. Only your faith for today. Your faith from to yesterday can't carry through your faith for tomorrow. You got to have faith every day to trust in God. KJ Scriven is coming at this time with a good song called Live It Out. He's out of the great state of North Carolina. He's going to rock out for a moment. And then back after that, I will be with Miss Kelly Pritchett. It's Elaine Janelle, the mic. And guess what? It's Renewed Talk. in the sky Tears in my eyes Knees on the floor What is this all he's looking for? Goosebumps and chills Oh, what a thrill yeah, 10,000 people showed up But is that enough? Is it enough? My friends, we gotta Live it out, live it out, live it out Brothers, we gotta Just shine 
sands his feet And we've got to live a life that bleeds his love His grace, his peace so the world can see that it's episode of a new talk and i'm here everyone like i told you with my good friend and my sister my sister from another mother miss kelly pritchett say hi hello hello what's up everybody so as you all know we are talking about topics of now topics of today things that are on our minds things that we discuss with our friends our neighbors our churches maybe and um we just wanted to start it off and rock out with talking about friendship. So Kelly and I are friends, as you probably know. And yes, we've been friends for a long time. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Kelly, what you got to share about friendship or any of your thoughts concerning? Um, I think one of the big things is that you learn about friendships growing up is um, how to maintain them and balancing friendships and relationships. Um a lot of times you can find yourself in kind of like the 80-20 thing where you're giving 80% in the friendship and the opposite person or the other person is giving 20. And um, you got to learn kind of, and you do learn when to eventually cut that off. Or if it's draining you, sometimes friendships can be draining. And um, that's just really the process of a friendship, finding your, and you find yourself in friendships things like that i really do believe that um i hope this doesn't sound crazy but when you just said you find yourself in friendships i really do believe that my friends have helped identify who i am not that they are they choose my not that they choose who i am or how i act or react but um my friends in our conversations and when we reaffirm each other and talk about different things in our personal lives they can reaffirm to me the type of person that I am. Or like if I make a mistake or do something that I maybe just should not have done, they can say to me, well, that's not like you or um, it's not your norm. So you don't you don't become complacent or settle in whatever you made a mistake of or whatever your struggle was or everything, anything you might have done that wasn't really a norm. Um, right. That's what I mean by my friends help identify who I am, if that makes sense makes all the sense in the world mm-hmm. and with like friendships um you have to learn when friendships have ran its course 
you have to learn the difference between seasonal friendships and lifelong friendships. And you have to realize there's nothing wrong with a seasonal friendship that they were just your friend to get you through a certain point. And you can be cool and you may not have to be super tight anymore. That was just a seasonal friendship. But, you know, you do realize the lifelong friends that you have. And that's just a big thing you have to kind of adjust to, realizing who's seasonal and who's long-term, lifelong. Right. You know what's funny to me? I have a... um... I try to understand people that believe in um, just cutting off friends. Like, I understand seasonal friendship. <laughs> I really do. I understand seasonal friendship because I understand, you know, like, it's all right. We'll take the easy examples. Like, somebody you might have went to, like, middle school with who you were only friends with them in middle school. And maybe one of those friends you end up being friends with for a long lifetime. But one of them, you know, you just friends for, like, those three years or whatever like that. And it kind of, like, faded into black. You know, I understand it, but I'm trying to really figure out when people be like, I'm just cutting everybody off. I'll be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I've never, I've, I've cut people off for a reason. Um, you know, the friendship might've been unhealthy and, and I don't think a cutoff means I don't, I, I, I have a problem with you. It just means that I can't really associate myself with you, maybe, or anything like that. But just to straight cut everybody, I've never, I've never got, like, I think, personally, I do think some people do it for attention. Well, why you cut me off so people can, like, nag them? Yeah. But I've never understood that. Right. I I agree. Now, Kelly, and I totally get, like you said, cutting you off or separating yourself. Because maybe, like, you're not going in the same direction or they're making choices that you just can't get with or they are no longer the, the lifestyle you live and all that. I understand that. But I, I always wonder, maybe we can bring somebody on in a future episode right. who cuts people off for a living. A couple people. <laughs> that is confusing to me, though. I'll be trying to figure it out. And I do agree with you. I think people do it for attention, like their children or something. It's like the same people. Y'all going to hate me for saying this. I don't care. It's like the same people that get on Facebook and be like, I'm leaving Facebook for a month. And I just um, want everybody to know, just leave. Now, I just understand. leave. We just don't leave. Care. You don't care. Now, I do understand if you do it, because I've done it for a networking purposes. Like, I've had a lot of people contact me to sing at churches on Facebook. So I would put my email up there to say, I'm taking a break. Here's my email. If you want to hit me up, hit me up that way. But you just putting it out there to put out there and waste people time. That's why I don't be on Facebook now because it's too much to read. I don't want to read your lifelong story. (laughs) My thing, I guess I I could ask you, do you do, well, you have like close friends because you have close friends that are in church and then you have friends that don't go to church at all. Do you find that you generally make friends with people who are just like you or some somewhat like you? Because you know how some people say, I don't want friends just like me. I don't want to be friends um, with myself. A lot of my friends are more so childhood friends. And it's really like one of those, now I don't want to say default friendships, but that's just who I've been with my entire life. Um, the same way with church. Um, I developed a lot of friendships in church because we understood the same thing. Gotcha. Now, my best friends, um, 
they really don't they probably go to church like twice a year if that um and we're really my my best friend Kai we're actually the complete opposite we're like the complete but we have the same uh habits and things like that so it's kind of like that happy medium balance Mm -hmm. um she does certain things I don't understand I do certain things she doesn't understand we agree to disagree and we keep moving right but we're really, and it's not like I prefer to have somebody the complete opposite. It was just one of those opposites attracted, and we became friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's really anything I look for. I don't even look for friendships, honestly. I don't remember how her and I became friends. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It was never a defining moment where we're like, oh, we're best friends. No, <laughs> I don't like, I think I gave her a ride from school one day, and she just like, it's been following me like my shadow. <laughs> she's gonna be like what she's gonna be like T.O. when she listens to this but um yeah I don't like look for friendships it's just really something I it's something about the person that I see a lot of value in and we kind of just hit it off and she's been my best friend so yeah I don't think I look for opposites more so right yeah I I, I can say I'm the same way it took me a while. I'll tell you um, one example of my life. It took me a while for me to realize like some of the friends that I had at Banana Republic where I worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were my friends. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't going home on letting my coworkers be my friends. I never was like that. Like, if I worked with you, that's what I did. We worked together. Right. That was it. Coworker. <laughs> and that's then what started it. happening, we actually went places together. And I was like, and you're actually talking to me about your personal life. And I was like, oh, dang it. We're friends. <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> We're friends. We're when friends. did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the type of stuff that happens to me. Um, one of my closest friends, I honestly don't know how we became friends. Um, shout out to Lionel. My life. I don't know how we became. And he doesn't either. Like, we, we just know we know each other. We don't know how exactly it happened. So I can relate to you on that area. Totally. I think that's the best type of friendship, though. Like, um, my best friend Danielle, I don't remember how we became friends. My best friend Slim, all the way, to Indi- all the way in Indiana. I don't, I really don't know how we became friends. And my best friend Taylor, like, I have four best friends. And I, I really don't remember how me and Taylor became friends. But mm-hmm. I think that's the cool part about it. It was no, like, defining moment. We just clicked found something in common and we've been best friends ever since so i think that i think that's the cool part about friends like those type of friendships when you don't know how you became friends you're just friends right but i'm glad that i tell people all the time i have some of the best friends in the world like not meaning like they're my best friends but like i tell people all the time i don't know how i met some people but when i met them and got to know them i have some of the best friends like people who like i got in a car accident and two of my friends who were from New York. One actually lives in South Carolina now. And the other one lives in North Jersey. They just showed up in my house. And I mean, the car accident wasn't detrimental. I wasn't in the hospital, and I thank God. But I right. definitely wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> right. And they showed up in my house. One of my other friends bought me a sandwich from Wawa. I was just happy that I had people that cared. And right. I, really, I really feel bad for people who don't have friends that are like that. You know, like, right. who just show that they care. It don't gotta be a detrimental situation. I don't need to be on my on my deathbed for you to show me you care. Like, no, thank you. Because if that's when you're showing up, then my concern is um, 
I think I like balanced friendships. So when I'm doing well, when I have my hoopty, when I have my nice car, when I broke down the side of the road, <laughs> right. when I got a whole bunch of money, I just need you there consistently. <laughs> right. And I appreciate that. Shout out to Angela Kaysen. Somebody broke the back of my car and this child texted me and said, who I got to fight? <laughs> I don't even know That's who broke it. Right. That's the best type of, I'm telling you. My friend, my best friend Kai, it's like sometimes I cannot tell her things because she just gets, and it's like, relax. I don't, like, I'm not mad, like, like just right. relax. But it's just the fact that it's almost like, um, like a sister, like a little sister, big sister relationship. Like, and I think it's because, um, she sees how like easy going I can be, and she's like, "People are taking advantage of you." Da, 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 da. <laughs> but it's just, but that's like kind of what you need sometimes. Somebody to like, don't take advantage of you. Don't do this. Right. And um, that it's just it, and it brings up another question: How do you know when a friend is genuine and not? Especially when you're younger, you don't know when, when really a genuine friend from a fake friend. Mm-hmm. That's not really not a friend if they're fake. And I think it's all based upon learning people's intentions. Like, I I definitely learned at a young age. I will never forget when, like, one time my mom told me, like, you don't even have to tell your friend everything if you think it's going to hurt them. But unless you think it's in their, be- you know, best interest and things of that sort. But I really learned in, like, the aspects of good friendship. And, um, like you said, when people intend to be, you know, good friends. And, I mean, I've had good friendships break up because... I did something, I was just, I was trying to be a good friend, and I realized that maybe that one choice wasn't it. And I'd be like, oops. Right. And <laughs> my thing is, I try to be, I'm trying to be the most forgiving person I can possibly be in life. I really don't want to hold any grudges. I don't want to end up in a hospital because I can't get over what somebody did to me whatever amount of years ago. I try to be as forgiving as possible. And I think in any type of friendship, relationship, you just got to be as forgiving as possible. But I realized I'm going to do something that you just might not like. You might not like what I do. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either forgive me or forget me. And if you forget me, I'm just going to move on and so will you. Bygones be bygones. I don't know what else to tell you, child. Say la vie. <laughs> but, um, oh, this is one thing I have known to transition into our next topic on today. Uh, I have noticed that sometimes my friends have the same interest in music that I have. Not all of them, but some right. of them. <laughs> right. Some of them. Um, so I became friends with a lot of people in high school that I'm still cool with today. A lot of them I have, like, still good relationships with today. Um, but we all went to Capitol together, and we all were vocal majors, and we all went to church. Different types of churches, but we all went to church. So then a lot of us had stuff in common about music, about gospel music, um, even, like, jazz, soul music, stuff like that. We started having a lot of those things in common. So, um... Do you and your friends listen to the same type of music? Um, <laughs> um, I want to say yes and no. We do and we don't. Um, my one friend Danielle, her father's a bishop in Philly, actually, and I we listen to the same kind of music because we were both raised in church. Right. So gotcha. we have those same interests, but when it comes to certain friends, when it comes to like, um, being a musician and things, I listen to um a lot of different jazz, like, um, you know, just different, different things. I, I have my Kanye West, Jay-Z moments. 
I'm a crazy Beyonce fan. And those things we do click on. Mm-hmm. But um, the other type of music, like my classical, I can be in my Mozart, Bach, Beethoven phase one right. day. And they just got to deal with it. That's what it's my car. <laughs> that's what I feel like listening to. Right. So you just put some earphones on. Right, um, if you're not feeling it. <laughs> but, you know, it's and they understand because I'm a, a sing and I do other things. I listen to a lot of different genres of music. I don't subject myself to one, just one genre. So, I mean, you know, yes and no, we share similarities in music. Right. Yeah, I can relate to that. Because I, I love indie music. I love indie music. I realize I like indie music on all levels. It started out when I was younger with just gospel music. So, right. one group that has become a popular now, like Brandon Camper, who's originally from, like, Merlin. You know, I liked them when nobody liked them. Now they're starting to get known. They done, Myron uh, Butler done did one of his songs. I always liked the people who nobody knew about until somebody did their song. Isaiah Thomas. And even, like, when Janelle, when Janelle Monet wasn't really popular. She hadn't done right. nothing with Erica Badu. She was just, like, you know, kicking the dirt, showing up on the scene, like, bam. And nobody right. knew who that child was. And now, they all jumped on board. And I was just like, I'm all right. Don't you hate that? She <laughs> was like, I don't even want to listen to them no more. Everybody else, they don't know it. Like... I don't know right. why I'm like that. I, my friends was like, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point in music? No. You get independent and you get people start to know you. And I was like, I don't know why I'm like, now everybody knows Jason and Jonathan Olsen. There was a time when nobody knew those names. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, nobody knew who Vashon Mitchell was. Right. He was this man playing backup for Bishop Larry Trotter. You know what I mean? And like now... It's like nobody greater. I was like, I was singing that song before. I don't know. You know, I just, I don't know why I'm like that. I it's, wa- it's, a, no, it's an annoying thing. <laughs> it's, it's annoying because you try to tell people, yo, you need to listen to, nah, man, who are they? I never heard of them. No. Obviously, you've never heard of them. <laughs> it just came out. Of course, you're not going to hear. But as soon as they put out a Main Street hit, everybody's jumping on it. I can't with people. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> jumping on a bandwagon. And, like, they don't realize that it's really money attached to that aspect. You know, like, I hate to be right. like that. But um, even there, somebody did an interview with Jason Nelson. I read on it, like, a couple years back. And he was independent for so long. Jonathan was getting known. But Jason was still, like, and chilling in his box, you know, pastoring on, you know, doing his career, but just not in the forefront. And then he decided to get signed. And that's when there's, like, all this hype build up. It's like, y'all really don't realize that's because money is involved. Now PR and marketing is taking the lead way. It's not because right. their music really changed. It's just because this is the change in the music world. You know, like, right. this is what shifts that. And I don't know. I don't know why. I really, I'm I'm, I'm being very honest on my own show. Because, like, for Sean Mitchell, I bought all his albums until he got popular. As soon as Nobody Greater came out, I was like, that's all right. <laughs> Keep it. I don't want to. Keep it. That's how you really feel. <laughs> And I may know, I may learn a new music, but it's just like, I'm not as hype. I'm not as, like, committed right. <laughs> as I was. And I, I'm like that with a lot of people. And I'm sorry, if anybody's listening, they'd be like, oh, I'm offended. I'm I'm just right. like that. As soon as Yolanda Adams right. got big, I stopped caring. <laughs> right. When she came um, on, what's that album? Mountain High, Valley Low? I said, okay. Yeah. I said, this Remember is a different Yolanda. That soundtrack. <laughs> Nobody was on Janelle Monae when she was singing on that Idlewild uh, soundtrack. Soundtrack, right? 
person like all the way like right before we started the show I was listening to Junie I just and when I talk to my friends I talk to them for those who are music heads I, we share music with each other like we literally would say listen this person listen to this person check out this person check out and I will check it out it don't mean that I'm gonna have a heartfelt moment with all those artists but it just means that I click with who I who I click with and I'm I'm a jazz head as well but that's because of my family my, my dad is my grandfather what his dad was um, so I really enjoy jazz. Like my aunt, my mother's sister was like, you really, you really like jazz. I was like, I know I grew up real strict gospel. And then this just hit in high school. Like, bam. <laughs> now, when you were growing up, you, all you could listen to was gospel, right? Yeah. My mother, let me tell you the only thing I did not listen to that wasn't gospel. That Yeah. What I did listen to that wasn't gospel was. Mary Kate and Ashley. I know I sound crazy as old. <laughs> Get out right now. But they had, you know, their DVDs and their, uh, like they had these CDs. I am right. a cute one. She's just my sister. I listened to that in the car. <laughs> and I was like 13, like really retarded. And I have no sisters and brothers, so what the heck. But um, <laughs> that's what I did do. But I couldn't. My mother be like, if it doesn't glorify God, you can't. You ain't listening to in this house. Meanwhile, I never paid attention because the whole time my dad was listening to whatever he felt like listening to. <laughs> I'm the one that's the idiot not paying attention. <laughs> See, like, my mom was like that until I was about maybe 10 or 11. And the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Kanye West's late registration. Oh, Lord. And ever since then, and it was a clean, like, it wasn't the explicit yeah. um, one. It was a clean one. And I had heard it on the radio and stuff like that. Right. But it was just like the biggest eye opener. I was just like, oh my. And ever since that, I was just, I became like a CD head. I was buying this. And I remember I bought Keisha Cole's first album, which was her best album. After that, I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> the truth comes out. I don't, I don't know what happened after that, but that album was really dope. So, um, between and then my mom started to really introduce me until uh like the nina simones um yes. Martin Gaze, the sam cooks so then i became like a real super old head and then my older cousins they're like they were into that neo soul thing so that's when i started getting introduced to yeah. the erica badu's and the jill scott so by the time i was like 14 i was listening to everything Gotcha. Yeah, I just I had like a bit, really big resume of music I just like listening to. Yeah, mine came a little later because I was I was at school I was singing Bach, Beethoven. I was singing all of this classical music, so I didn't want I didn't come home listen to it because I was doing all that whatever right. hours a day at school. I was fine. When I came home, it was like James Hall all the way. Oh, oh, oh the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Mary was like the kids' CD. <laughs> yeah, when they first came out, I was kind of into them. I I have going up and down with Mary Mary's music, but <laughs> I'm just being honest. But I I was like, but I love them. But I was just going up and down with the music. But I was like a choir head for so long, and then when I got to they trained the end of high school, going into college, that's when I was kind of calmed down from like hardcore choir, hardcore choir singing. 
and really went into more solo albums. I love listening to guys' voices at the mic. I don't know why I'm like that. I listen to more guys' solo albums than I probably do female solo albums. It's really... That's just how I'm wired. I don't know. That's your preference. Yeah. And I love Joe Scott. You know, female voices, her and Erica Badu are probably the most creative to me, personally. They're in in the soul area. They're more creative. Like you're not gonna get the same. You you'll get a totally different tone out of Joe Scott. Like she can produce right. different tones. Like she's so musically inclined in her creativity, and she wants to offer you ver versatility. She doesn't want to offer you the same thing every time. So right. I respect that about artists. Let me ask you this question, though, Kelly. Like, where do you think? I don't know. Like, where do you think music is heading? I guess they're so caught up in artistry now. I don't know. Um, I honestly think music is heading back to the indie, that independent tour, um, doing college tours thing. Um, for example, Chance the Rapper, I believe he's independent, and he's doing like he hosts. I think he performed or hosted Saturday Night Live. Like, gotcha. Come on, like he's doing that by himself, and I think um a lot of artists are going back to that hardcore crying artistry i'm going to push my material i'm not going to conform there's nothing wrong with conforming but it, you become more of a gimmick and a brand than that's true artist. in my opinion that's just my opinion that's true um i think a lot of people are going to start like really pushing um mixtapes harder and things like that um not in just the secular world and the gospel world the gospel the gospel industry music industry can be a, a oka joke you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the easiest um, industry to break into. That's true. Um, so I think a lot of artists are going to start pushing their own music independently, which is a phenomenal thing because we're going back to that pre-social media thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and people like indie artists are really taking advantage of like this rapper Logic. I'm not sure if he's signed yet, but he's phenomenal. Like a, a mixed kid from, I believe, Baltimore. And he's just pushing his own art, Art. and that's like the true, I think, true artistry. Yeah, is when you push it. That actually, it's funny you said that because it's a group named King out of LA, and they're finally come out with their first album next month. And when I tell you, they've been grinding for like the last seven years or so. And people now is this big hype. People were kind of like almost angry that it took them so long to come out with a whole album. But they literally built their whole name and brand on just themselves. It's not like they they have a they have a show in Philly next month, sold out. Wow. It was a sold out a month ahead of time. I'm I'm mad because I didn't get my ticket. <laughs> sold out a month ahead of time. They're a group of soul like three girls that sing soul music. Um, they're real clean. They're real like kind of classy with their style. It's not branching mm-hmm. or nothing at all. But I really, I respect the fact that they literally work their grind to the level that they have followers. Like, print, they opened up for Prince, and that was what helped get them on. Prince found mm-hmm. them on the internet, and then they ended up opening up for him. But this is still why they were nobody. This is still right. why nobody knew who they were. And I just respect people like them, like Logic, like you said, who just working on their own grind, who not like... Because you, I feel like you should, nowadays you got to know who you are. You have to appreciate what you have to offer. Because if you don't, you'll get caught up in that whole whirlwind of craziness. Trying to, with, with somebody else trying to create your brand. And you being a, a, a artist or a brand that you don't even want to be. You're like, you're, 
You're creating right. something that you don't even want to be. <laughs> right. And so I, I'm glad that people are realizing like the thought, how authentic their gift is or how talented they personally are so that they can push their own. And you find out people really like you for just you being you, not right. this whole other person that you like create. Or they create. Uh, that's true. Because it's, it's, it's such a, I don't want, it's just such a touchy, because you want to break into the music industry. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want, I just need that one chance. But then you got to think in the back of your head, now these people are about to really change. Like PJ Morton, um, he has this one song called Claustrophobic. Yeah, um, I love Claustrophobic. They wanted, mm-hmm. they wanted him to change his style. You're not hard enough. But it's like, you got to think about it. Do I want this deal so bad where I know it'll just catapult me? into like the mainstream or do I just want to stay genuine to my art and just be appreciated I may not be mainstream but mm-hmm. at least I'll be genuine about my music and that's like the battle with art that's why I don't want to do it at all but <laughs> that's like the battle you have that's the battle no, you have when you're trying to that's true that and I think that's why I like his song so much too it's funny that you oh. mentioned that, that song of all songs by him cause I mean this man to put out independent artists Free, free, independent music, I meant to say. Free music. <laughs> he put out a whole album for free. Like, right. on Bandcamp or something, some years back. Like, he's just worked his way through. And meanwhile, I always give kudos to him because he writes for his dad, and he writes for this one, he writes for that one. So he always got income coming in. He just may not be popular. He always right. got a check. <laughs> right. He always going to be paid. Paid. He, you know, go play for Maroon 5. Like, he, he makes sure... He got some money coming in, but he just may not be the most popular person. Um, right. Even though I do get, I always give him the, the credit for being talented and writing, like no other. And I mean, I guess being with Young Money is a little bit of a challenge, but I'm glad that they allow him to remain himself. Right. And PJ hopefully Morton he stays that money. way. Say that again, uh, sorry. PJ Morton and Young Money. It doesn't like match to me. Mm hmm. Like, it just, I mean, it probably works, but when I hear it, I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't don't really get it, but okay. True. (laughs) That's true. It's just like, but when I went to his show in Philly this past summer, I I realized that a lot of people in the crowd were from a bunch of church kids. (laughs) Yes, that's the truth. Because, like... Um, um, uh, and that's why I love PJ and my mom calls him JP Morgan. She can't get his name right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a financial company. I'm done. Like, like, it was like a law firm. So she, um, I, I was driving and I was listening to his latest live project and she was just like, this is Paul Morton's son. I said, yeah. Oh my God. I, and for my mom to say she loves like a recent artist, it's, they gotta be good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she was saying how he writes music for everyone to listen to. Like, I can listen to it with my aunt. I can listen to my grandma. I can listen to it with my, you know, it's it's appropriate for all oh. ages. All, he's, that's, and that's what I love about a genuine artist. Like, they're just, he may have his, like, real, you know, explicit song that's probably for his wife, but, you know, <laughs> For the most part, he's like a just—he's just a great music. He's just talented, and you see that in his in his album. 
Yeah, I actually believe that just like Tom Tribbett did for a whole bunch of young people, <laughs> I really think that PJ Morton actually opened up the way for um, people who believe in God or people who are saved to actually be okay with singing about love. I honestly believe he did that. And it may have been some people before him, but somebody who outright would say, yeah, I love Jesus, but I also want to sing about how this girl broke my heart. Right. <laughs> like, she, and, and I mean, it was a whole thing about it almost 10 years ago now when I think about it. Oh, my Lord. That he had a conversation with his dad about it, and his dad was like, his dad had to respect it. Like, he right. took the time to listen to what his son was saying and respect it. And even if he didn't fully agree with everything, he just at least respect the fact that his son was doing something. And it was clean. It wasn't crazy. But right. um, doing something that was a little bit different. And he said, what's so wrong about sing with singing about love? That's what his thing had been for a long time. And what's funny, to segue into our next topic, he had an album called Emotions. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's my jam. Don't don't get me to start singing it. <laughs> la, la 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 la. <laughs> this love is so marvelous. It's, it just, just comes, comes out, out like, like gibberish. <laughs> la la la. Come on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's my jam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with with talking about like your emotions and. I really, really appreciate him for that only because I feel like a lot a lot of times people are not in touch with who they really are. They just put on facade, whether they're, whether they're Christian or not Christian. They just put on facade to like get through their day or to make people think that's who they are. That's how they really feel. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because we're into music. I don't know if it's because the generation we're born into. It could be the both aspects. But I just cannot, like, I cannot wear another emotion. Like, I can't fake another emotion. I've tried. I work with people. And I do it enough to get through the day. But if you're really aggravating me, my face shows that you're really <laughs> aggravating me. <laughs> so. Absolutely. I don't hide emotions well. How about yourself? <laughs> um. <laughs> The only reason why I say I hide my, or yeah, I'll hide my emotions because I, I, I hate when people constantly ask me what's wrong. Yeah, what's wrong? that's annoying. What's wrong? That, and it's annoying because it's like, if I want to tell you what's wrong, I'll tell you. But yeah. just let me be in my petty way right now. I don't, <laughs> I really don't, I don't feel like listening to reason or logic. Mm -hmm. I just feel like being how I am right now. So I, and I learned, and that's what I've kind of learned how to, being a PK, I've kind of learned too, how to mask my emotions and not let it see on my face. Um, wow. because people have always have something to say and you'll really see my emotion come out in my words. Right. And it's not like I'm not saying what I don't mean. I'm just saying it in a way that's really offensive. Mm -hmm. So I just figured at a, when I was about maybe 13, if they don't see it, they won't ask. I won't flip out. So, hey, that's just kind of my, it may not be the healthiest thing, but that's just. But it, you said you were in the age of 13? By the time I was 13, I learned how to mask my emotions. What made you decide, like, this is what I need to do? Like, especially being a past, for those who don't know, she's the pastor's kid. PK, that's what stands for, unless you never heard of it. 
But like, what made you just say, okay, this is the way I'm going to operate? Like, um, a lot of people. T- okay, it would be it would be like this. Well, what's wrong with Kelly? Oh, somebody must have did this, and people started assuming. Right. Okay. Well, it didn't have anything to do with church. I could have been upset about something that happened in school. Right. Okay. But people would start assuming, and then it would get back to my mom. And being a mother, she's like, "Okay, my child's unhappy. What happened?" And I'm not unhappy. I'm just annoyed. Something might have happened at school, and I just really don't feel like talking about it right now. So I'd go in with, you know, a, not a scowl on my face, but this blank stare. I don't feel like talking to anyone, and that's kind of. And then I got sick of people doing that. And people asking me what's wrong. Um, and I just said, you know what? Let me just plaster on this smile real quick. And I'll deal with it when I come home from church. <laughs> so. Now, did you, as a adult, have you ever gotten to a stage where you're like, the plaster smile not going to work today? Um, no, because this is another theory of mine. I have a lot of theories. Um, but I feel because I'm constantly surrounded by people. Sometimes if I have like a mean look on my face or I don't feel like masking it, some people can take it as if they did something wrong and they didn't have to do anything wrong. And I don't like pinning that on people. So if I'm in one of those moods, I'll walk in the office of the church. I'll stay home a couple minutes just so I can get myself together. Right. So I can go in front of, especially, especially when you're about to minister or something like that. I got to really... Like, mm-hmm. all right, if I'm not going to plaster this smile, I need to deal with it right now so I can at least get through this next couple hours and then pick it up when I get home. But I don't think that's fair when I'm not, and that's just me personally, I don't think it's fair when I'm not having a good day and somebody says something and I give like a smart, like, what? And I do something like that. And they're like, well, what did I do? You know, and they feel, and people really feel some type of way. So I try my best not to go out. I, I really try to get myself together before if I'm in one of those moods. I think that's good. I'm not I'm not a pastor's kid, so I haven't had a lot of people ask me what's wrong until I became an adult. And then right. I would just tell them nothing. <laughs> just like that. Just like that? Nothing. <laughs> because <laughs> not nothing. Nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> because clearly um, I have become a type of person where I choose who I want to share my information with. I am, uh, <laughs> I believe to be, I try to be, be a wise person. Like, I'm trying to live by the word of God. So I'm not trying to just be so frivolous with my emotions and who I am as a person. So right. I'm not going to lie, um, about who I am. But for you, there's nothing for you to know. So I'm not lying. Nothing right. is wrong. <laughs> Nothing is wrong that I'm going to share with you. you right. We're correct. So, <laughs> that's just how I feel. There's <laughs> nothing. And, like, I try to, like, my little cousin, she's just, like, she's, like, a spitting image for me. But, and I try to explain to her, if you don't want to share it with anyone, don't feel obligated to, to share, share your with, business. That's right. If you, that's, that's why it's called your business. <laughs> If you don't want to share, and, and I told her, I said, she was like, I really want to talk about it, but right, not right now. I said, then don't try to force yourself to talk about it. Wait till you're ready, and then right. talk about it. But just for because someone asks you what's wrong doesn't mean you have to tell them. 
just say, you know, I'm fine or I really don't want to talk about it right now. It's nothing wrong with that. Right. The people have to, re- so. that's, that's when people have to learn to respect you. And I think sometimes it's hard, especially of course us growing up in church. Sometimes people have grew up with you or people who have watched you grow up. They feel like because they saw you as a child and now as an adult that you should be a person that turns to them. And it's like, honestly, no, thank you. I already have no, <laughs> right. select people that I decide to share this information with. And I actually, I think I've learned how to take certain situations to specific people because I think maybe they have already had experience in that area. Or maybe they have already right. overcome some things in that area. So they might have some wisdom or some lessons that I can learn from them compared to me just telling it to anybody. Like, I, I realize that there's things that I can talk about with my parents because they've already been through it. And then there's things that I talk about my friends that maybe my parents haven't really ever dealt with before, especially because we're in a different generation. My parents are right. really old enough to be my grandparents. Per, you know, <laughs> they are. My parents, right. they could have had a kid and then I would have been the third kid. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> but I've learned that there's things that my friends have went through that they can relate with me or, you know, I'm I'm quick to call one of my friends and just be like, what do you think about such and such? And it doesn't mean I don't pray about it. It just means I want to hear a human's voice as well. So I, right. I, I pray to Jesus. And I also may ask one other person. I'm not telling the world. I'm not asking the world because I don't need the world to know. Or I don't right. want the world's opinion. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen. Say um, amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hold off. <laughs> I was trying to hold off. It's all good. We tried our best. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we got pretty far <laughs> but that's how I feel about emotions I just think that I really am glad that more people who love God are sharing more about themselves does that make sense without absolutely not too much of themselves I don't want to know all your secret right, all your situations <laughs> save it not save it I don't want to know all of it <laughs> but I really think that I'm glad I really am glad that people are opening up a little bit more about who they are or life's things they have overcome. Because right. it's sad for people to think that you've never been mad, you've never been angry, as if those emotions don't exist within you. Right. Or they don't exist when you're saved. Child, get a life. Then you get angry. <laughs> Man, I, I, now that I'm saved, I've been more angry. <laughs> because I ain't got no another outlet. <laughs> just want to scream. I I feel bad for saying that sometimes, but because I don't drink anymore, I don't smoke anymore, I I don't have an outlet right now. So right now, I'm just going to sit in my fury and just... (laughs) It's the truth. That is true. That is true. But when I wasn't saved, I'd be like, yo, it, it sounds so bad, but... I don't have an outlet, so sometimes I just sit in pure fury and just have to pray myself down. I think that's a discipline, though. That, like, it to me, it's not bad because people don't know how to do that. That's why so many people drink. That's why so many people roll up. That's why so many people, they, you know, have a couple blunts. Like, this is why people do it because that's a discipline to sit and really have to talk to God to calm yourself down. Like... One of my one of my things I tell a lot of people do when people have called me, especially young people, call me about different situations. I be like, "Do you have a book or computer or use your phone to write out your emotions?" Because sometimes when you write out your emotions, 
when you read it back to yourself, it helps you understand yourself. Right. But it takes patience to do that. Like, I don't do it as often as I used to. I used to do it a lot. Just to help me calm down. Like, if I felt really antsy or irritated or all over the place or angry, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a little bit and see if I can get my life together. Sometimes I'd be so angry. My first sentence, I write, and then I'm crying because I'm so upset. I can't get myself together. Seriously. But it's true. That's a that's a discipline that... Are that people who just have a hard time adapting to because me going to buy a drink is way easier. It, it, it is. It's way easier. Or, or going to a club just to let out your frustrations. It's way easier. Even it's, unless, it's you, unless so you're broke. <laughs> right. And even if you are broke, you can go just sit at a bar. <laughs> just be in that atmosphere. Yeah, just, oh. yeah it's so much easier. <laughs> it's a discipline to, to sit and listen to listen, to hear from God, to, to actually read a scripture and try to focus on the scripture and then sit for a moment and wait to hear from God. Like, and that's what relationship with God is all about, but it's a discipline to keep doing it. Especially if you're upset, if you're ready to tell somebody off. Right. It's just cause I'm about to speak French, English, Spanish, German, excuse all of them because it's about to come out. <laughs> no, and that's real talk. That's real talk. <laughs> like you, real. I have to really bite my bottom lip sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's just, it, it it's. I, I, listen, <laughs> I just started to feel some way talking about it. <laughs> I'm just. I, anybody out here there who's listening to our conversation, y'all know. I always give moments for people who are listening. Like, just know that if you get angry and you may fall into some type of sinful situation and you really don't want to do it, we understand. It's easier. Yes. <laughs> it is so much easier to say. <laughs> and but building a relationship with God, it takes time and it takes discipline. And you have to make yourself relax. Like, there is a discipline. And you have to want to. Yeah. You know, that's that's the key thing. You have to really want to. If mm-hmm. if you don't really want to, then don't don't waste his time and don't waste yours. That's true. But you know you have to really, and I think that makes it. It doesn't make it easier for discipline. It just makes it a little more palatable with discipline. That's um, good. When you really want to, and that's not to say you're not going to make up, make a mistake. You're not going to slip up. I do it. I slip up all the time, but the fact that I'm constantly striving Driving. Mm-hmm. to to really discipline myself, right? It's a it's a love hate thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because we, well, scripture based, we're flesh, so our flesh is like, yes, honey, yeah, go for what you know. Go yes, <laughs> let them have it in every way, shape, and form. They deserve it. Other people probably want to tell them the same thing, too. You know, like, your flesh will just, like, as you right. want full flesh, your spirit is like, now, child, go sit down. You know better. Now, Kelly. <laughs> like, now, Kelly, go. You know, this isn't right. And I'm like, ah! It's true. That's the spirit version of the flesh. That fight is continuous till death. So, I'm just, uh, I, I've, I've learned that I, being by myself is my strength. Because when I'm by myself, I can actually talk to God or myself 
or got in myself. Right, I have a three way because <laughs> everybody's attention. And we able to get each other together. Right. <laughs> They'd be like, this child got split personalities. You write about it, honey. When you say you got a couple personalities you gotta deal with. So <laughs> For real. I'm just being real about it. I've so I've learned that that's why that's why I get my strength because then I'm able to, to just relax and um, like I said before, I think music actually helps. I really do. I really think music, you know, that's why they do studies. That's why you have, um, music therapy. Like, this is why this stuff is real. This is why they play music while they do surgeries on people. Music actually is, like, something that changes the whole atmosphere. It could affect the person's it mind. It does. Like, so, that's why you listen to wretched music and you get wretched. Right, you listen to, like... <laughs> No, seriously, like, um, I had to, like, lay off the hardcore Kanye. I'm a huge Kanye West fan. But if I would listen to Kanye first in the morning, I'd be on my whole Kanye, like, thing the rest of the day. <laughs> like, this whole, just, like, a savage. I don't, I just would, like, <laughs> I would just be, like, telling people, I don't care. Whatever. But, right. <laughs> like, be, like, I, like, my Kanye. And But if I listen to something soft and, I'm just, I'm Mary Poppins. I don't, it really does affect your emotions. And it does. If I'm exercising, I turn on two chains or something like that. And okay. I just go at it. It brings right. out the beast in me. Right. I don't then. know. It just happens. <laughs> like, I'm saying, but it, it does. If I'm really ready to work out, I have to turn on something that's motivating me to keep to zoom, going. Right. That makes sense. It, it's yeah, true. Let me, I got testimony. It ain't a real testimony oh, though. Yes. I used to go to the gym, y'all. I know some people may say, you did that? Yes, I did. <laughs> and I went to the gym one time. I had a membership and everything, Kelly. And I listened to, I would put on Kiera Sheard. Now, this is some of her um, older music. Because I'll be honest, I love Kiera. But I don't know her I don't know her new music. Like, the last album, I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> not one song. Uh, but I, I still think she's a beast. I still think she's an awesome singer. But I just couldn't tell you Absolutely. one song. But I was listening to some music, and then the Jesus song came on. This slow Jesus song that she sings. Right. This nice and soothing. And next minute I know, I was waking up on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Full blow sleep, y'all. <laughs> Yo, that is funny. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever came to wake me up at the gym. That is so embarrassing and retarded. But I definitely did it. I definitely fell asleep listening to Jesus music. So, and it was literally a Jesus song by Kara Shear. So that's proof that music definitely <laughs> it affects your like mental, like it affects your emotions. <laughs> like I can't listen to No Ways Tired while I'm at the gym. Who? I'm no Ways Tired. But, oh, um, <laughs> I think it's James Cleveland. I'm not sure who sings. That. I think I think it is James Cleveland. That's funny. <laughs> I'm not even sure who sings that. I can't listen to I can't listen to that when I'm driving because either a I'll get like my eyelids will get heavy or I'll just start crying and I gotta get home it's raining I can't do that to myself I gotta listen to something that's gonna motivate me to get home right that's and there's true. nothing wrong with that mm -mm. yeah like, that's true and they say oh I was listening to, I don't know if you ever heard of K Love radio station. Uh-huh. It's the uh, Christian radio station. They was talking about that music affects the way you drive. 
And I do. When I got some good choir music or some good shop oh, music, yes. I'm probably I'm speeding. I'm probably speeding. <laughs> I'm flooring it. <laughs> Especially with shout music, I am floored. I would put the pedal to the metal. Metal. <laughs> Stop it on beats. This is ridiculous. Rubber. <laughs> Burning rubber. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's really there. But when the person said that on the station, I said, that is so true. Like, I've literally stopped driving at the end of a song, like, on the beat. Like, literally. <laughs> I said, that's very interesting. Now, music plays into your emotions, definitely. Um, I'm trying to remember the rest of our topics. For those who are just joining us, I'm saying this like they can enter into the middle of the episode. <laughs> we talking about now topics, things that the thoughts of the minds of the people now. Friendship, music, emotions. What's the other two? Faith and social media, child. <laughs> Listen, you can go another two hours on social media. What I love about it and what I hate about it. I just try to stick to what it's really supposed to be used for. Networking. Touche. Touche. Networking, meeting people. I have met some great people through social media. Before, I was in college. And this is before Facebook. Is No, yeah, it was. It was before Facebook. And it was before um, Instagram and all these, Periscope, all these other ones. Um, I think MySpace was the only one that was like the hitter at that moment. Oh my god! Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only hitter, and um, it's this guy named Lou Williams out of DC. He had a um website called Nothing Nothing But Gospel, and he um had a message board, and I met a whole bunch of random people on this message board that I'm actually really cool with today. One person is in Trenton. Another boy is in North Carolina. Um, no, another guy's he went back to Virginia, but he was in North Carolina when I met him. Like, it's really crazy, but that's how I met these people. And now we're friends on so- Facebook, social media, um, and I met some of them in, per- in person. Um, so, right. like for that purpose, I feel like social media, networking, it actually worked. They weren't weird people; they were normal, like <laughs> right. just average Jews, you know. But, um, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just on the other hand, it, I think we as a society have taken social media to a whole nother 10 levels. Yeah. It's just, and, and, and it's like one of those things, especially, I don't want to say, I want to say my generation, like the 20 year olds on down, there is no privacy they don't understand what privacy is yeah that's that's scary and bad it's so scary because it's like certain things about me honestly janelle y'all might not know when i'm getting married i might just pop up one day and say i'm married i'm not i'm not married about that i'm not against that idea (laughs) certain things like um certain things just don't certain things are sacred and don't need to be shared with the entire world i agree and that's what that's going to be the downfall of our generation. We don't know. We don't have any boundaries anymore. And I say we because I'm a part of the generation. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't have any boundaries. And we, we have a tendency to take things, magnify it, and abuse it. To the point you forgot the positive things about social media. Yeah. 
like what can really I've seen some people have great success because of social media because mm-hmm. they really knew how to work it and how to network and things like that. Now these kids or well, us kids, <laughs> it's just it's really it's no filter. Yeah. It's no, any and everything will go on there. Right, except the filter on your phone for your picture. Right, and then if I was a nerd to put no filter, hashtag no filter. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Right, mm-mm. Yeah, I'm definitely a different breed. I'm, I may because I'm a little bit older, so social media didn't become a phenomenon until I was in college. Like, right. I don't remember social media in high school. There was no such thing. We were still dealing with dial-up internet. We were still waiting for AOL, AOL. <laughs> to come through. <laughs> it had to tear it for a little bit before it came on, okay? So, <laughs> so all this phone stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like I remember like one of my first relationships, the person was like, yo, you need a phone. And I was just like, why? Like, I did not... I was like, I got a phone. It was like, but it's prepaid. I, that's the that's what I was still dealing with, and I was like 17, 18 years old. You know what I mean? Like, right. This phenomenon of cell phones didn't start hitting until around that time. We I grew up with people was doing pages, and they thought they were cool. Like, oh, I got a pager, and it's just like, child. I don't even. Do I? Re- I vaguely remember page. Wow. I vaguely remember. I remember my mom and dad. My mom just recently found the big gray uh, flip phone. Oh Jesus! The one that's like the size of an iPad. <laughs> Like, it's just like the little bar in the green. I actually do remember her using that when I was younger. That's sad. Your face is there right now. <laughs> Your face is like, chill. That is crazy. It's like, mm-hmm. she was carrying this around. Like, you had a whole, like, computer monitor with you. Right. I remember when car phones was a thing. People had car phones. I remember my aunt had a car phone. It was pretty spiffy. It was pretty snazzy. Right. It's so creative. And then nowadays, I guess nothing's as creative anymore because I got something on my hip. Like, I got something in my pocket. Like, <laughs> I could sit on my phone. Like. <laughs> but no, seriously. It's so bad because I think, and for somebody who goes to school for communications and technology, and I mm-hmm. sit around it all day, it really can kind of kill creativity and imagination. I don't yeah. have to imagine anything anymore because I can just look it up. Right. I, I don't. I don't really have to. In some, in a lot of aspects, yes, I do have to like really sit and try to create. But in terms of like solid creativity, oh, I can go on Photoshop and do that. Mm-hmm. I paint a picture. I got a paint app. I can just sit and <laughs> doodle, right. doodle with a pencil. pencil. I can do that on my notes app. Right. And no, it, it's, it's sad. I mean, not sad, but it's like, ah, wow. It it makes it I think it takes creativity to a whole nother level. Like if you're an entrepreneur nowadays, you have to like right. double think. You it's not the first thought that comes to your mind, buddy. No, it's probably about the 18th thought that comes right. to your mind because there's so many people that have already done things, and there's so much creativity to like combat with, to catapult something that's different, to push something that's really fresh. Cause nothing like I, okay, I'm doing a podcast. This is not fresh. Like this whole idea, the topic might be different, but the real deal is this is not nothing new. The medium is the same. Everybody's doing the podcasting, the internet radio. 
It's just the content that's different and that sets it apart. What sets you apart from everyone doing the same. So. That's true. Even though, you know what's funny though? I really thought more people knew what podcasting was. They do not. (laughs) They do not. And it's, it's sad, but it's a good thing because you can really, right now, it's not freshly, like a fresh thing. But because it's so so many people don't know what it is, you can really take that and run with it if you're doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, then I have some people, uh, some of my friends were asking me, well, what's a podcast? I'm like, oh, so when I do it, y'all won't listen. And then it'll introduce them. So they'll always have um, an association with Renewed Talk and podcasting. Gotcha. See how, see how the Lord works mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I also try not to do that the whole show. <laughs> That's our normal conversation chat. Right. But yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not something that just came out. It's just a new discovery people are trying to, people are just starting to take advantage of. Right. Yeah. Oh, and if, I guess, if anybody who's listening for the first time, you don't know what a podcast is, it really came, the idea originally came from Apple. Because they created iPods. And they created iPods back of, what, whenever, when they created it, back in, what, 2002, 2000, around that time. So it's been about 16 years. It's been going forth. And when they created iPods, when they created the spectrum where you could record yourself talking or having an interview, they call it podcasting when you could present it to the world. It came from the idea, literally, of an iPod. So, like, I read an article about it. Literally, when I was in school, I read an article about it before I had an iPhone. Before iPhones became as popular as they were now. They had a whole article about iPods, iShuffles, iNanos, where the idea of all this came from. And how then MP3 players started, like, more and more people started creating MP3 players because they wanted to try to, like, be the competition of i iPods, you know, like, it was all this stuff that went into it, and it's funny now that people hadn't, I was really surprised when people were like, what is that again? And it was people my age, it wasn't like, it wasn't just people who were like, 50, it was like people my age like, no, what's that again? And I was like, oh wow, like, they really don't know. Meanwhile, I was in Bonafide Radio. What'd you say, I'm sorry. Thank God for Steve Jobs. Yeah. Thank God, rest his soul. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not laughing at the fact that he's not here, but yes, that rest his soul. Did you ever see that movie? I know this is not on topic, but yeah. No, I haven't. Um, for me to be a boot movie buff, I cannot do. I think this is what I think was, and this is me getting into my film thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his death was a little too fresh, and like. I feel like I feel like they were making a movie while he was alive. I think they probably were. You know, because that I was like, "Whoa, that was fast." Mm-hmm. They probably and, were. Um, I don't know if it did. I'm not sure if it did great. I didn't really hear a lot about it after it came out. I didn't either. But, yeah, I didn't hear too much about it, and I think it's because it, it was it was really fresh. Sometimes you gotta let. And this sounds really bad. But when you're doing that, you got to let the person either A, be alive and you haven't heard from them, or B, be dead and 
like you wait like a decade almost to let like the tlc out. movies that was a perfect time For, to put yeah. that out because you have this generation of kids who really don't know who tlc Seems, was right. didn't know all the stuff that went with them That's even true. though the two are still alive you know they didn't know much about left eye she had been dead for what almost a little over 10 years, 10 years when that yeah. movie came out mm-hmm. so you know that movie did really well unlike the whitney houston movie which was just if i was nifty's family <laughs> if i was nifty's family i, I, I would have been heated <laughs>
It's true. I mean, hello. It's true. It was the Black House. It didn't have to be the White House. <laughs> Who took this place over? That's but, very true. But it's true. When you're in a slave mentality, you can't even... It's harder. I'm not saying you can't even because we would never got free if it if they couldn't see it at all. Right. But it's so much harder to see your freedom when you're stuck in that mentality and when you're stuck with being taught this is the way it is. So nobody right. is letting you challenge the theory. It's almost like um when you like when you um when you watch the butler and right. the father is almost like scared to deal with his son being a person that's going against all the traditions. And he's like, why don't you can't just be grateful for a job? Like, the fact that you're getting a job. And he's like, that's right. not enough. Like, that's not enough. Like, <laughs> right. I'm more than this job. Like, there's more to it than this job. Right. And the father couldn't understand it because of the time period in which he came up. He was just grateful for where, you know, where God had allowed, allowed him to go and be. And which was awesome. But his son saw the more bigger picture. I right. want to be more than a butler. Right. I, and I have the, and that's the other thing that I really enjoyed about that movie. And I really love the son's character because he's like, I have the potential to be more than just a, a, a domestic worker. Right. I, and, and I have the right to be more than just a domestic, domestic worker. worker. It's fine if that's what you're using as a platform to catapult yourself into something else and you have a stable income. And yes, to the people of the Butler's generation, that was like the ultimate come up. He comes from a slave to working in the White, White House. House right. Like, come Definitely. Definitely. That was the ultimate come up to him, but he did not see his son's definition of I'm more than, than a domestic mm-hmm. worker. And it took a while for him to get there. I mean, thank God by the end of the movie, he did see it. He At the did. very end of the movie. Right. It was the bitter end. <laughs> but right, like, <laughs> it was the bitter end. But. It was just good that finally he was starting to understand, like, my son was a, he was a game changer. He right. wasn't just going to go along with what was laid out in front of him. He was a game changer. And so, kudos to anybody now who's trying to be a game changer. Like, anybody. And I think a lot of people are trying to be game changers, and they don't have the know-how the ability to be it. Like, they just want to be it because they want to be popular. <sighs> Social right. media. But I feel like... <laughs> I mean, kudos to people who are really trying to be game changers. Um, but it's really, I feel like you have to be strategic. You can't just, you can't just jump in there full-fledged and not have any direction or discipline or know where you kind of want to go. Like, yeah, and you got to have some tough skin. You can't be a game changer and not expect for people to talk about you, people to hurt you, people to say you can't do it. You got to have some really tough skin because mm-hmm. changing mindsets is not the easiest thing. You ever have some, I don't know personally, but someone who's come fresh, fresh out the state penitentiary and they've been in there for over, let's say, five years, it's hard to change their mentality. Yeah. That's just because of their mindset and their environment they were stuck in, you know, that's not, it's not necessarily their fault. That's how their mind changed, Change, but, but this is how it did. And it's hard to really break them out. Like stop wearing shower shoes in the shower at home. You're at home. home. It's, you know what but I'm saying? I, I, well, I know somebody that came out and like, they couldn't, they couldn't, they weren't comfortable wearing watches. Anything around their wrist made them uncomfortable because it reminded them of handcuffs. Right. So they just, when they came out, that was, 
the first thing they kind of broke within themselves was they could not wear anything around their wrist because it reminded them of bondage immediately. And, and it's not easy to change their mindset. mindset. Mm-hmm. All that saying, when yeah. you're a game changer and in this society, if you plan, if you really mind of people, get ready to get beat up, bruised, mm-hmm. cussed out, spit on, talked about. And I'm not saying physically, but, but yeah. emotionally and mentally. Because because it's too different. It's it's the same concept as um when people be more and more people became open to being entrepreneurs. Everybody wasn't jumping on that bandwagon because it they think oh they just went on their business. They don't want to listen to nobody. They don't want to. But then it became more clear slowly. It's becoming to clear people like number one, like my episode that I did with Miss Lori Carter. Like people need other outlets and more or ways of income. So becoming an entrepreneur or having a side hustle, as they may say, is like their way of changing the game personally. Like they can't, they can't just go to one nine to five and just do that. Right. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have some some other outlets and some ways of moving your money around or doing something that's different. And I think also game changers are very passionate. You cannot be, um, you cannot be a game changer if you're not passionate about something in your life. Right. I agree. So that's, that's what I feel about that. Uh, before we close, I, we didn't hit on a lot of different topics in our now discussion, but one of the last things I wanted to relate to the fact that is like if you're like, um, if you're a real game changer, me personally, I feel like you have to have a sense of faith that can push you to like where you know you can go, even if you can't see it all the way. That makes sense. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, one of our episodes this year will be about faith. And just how you can build your faith in God, um, and how faith actually strengthens you um, as people, and that having you have to have faith in something. I'm just one of those people that get irritated when people say I have faith because they don't want to um, offend anyone. I can understand that if you stand in the middle of the United Nations, but right. <laughs> I can understand it there. I can understand that if you're at a citywide, you know, a citywide um, event and you have like a mixture of Buddhists and Muslims and everything, I can understand it there. But if you say that you have a relationship with God, you believe in Jesus, and then you're talking amongst your friends, but you have a hard time saying God or faith or saying that you have faith in God, that makes me just want to say, okay, you got to get your courage up a little bit more. Makes me want to punch you. <laughs> Say it. Sorry, violent. <laughs> Certain things just trigger me to get violent. Yeah, it bothers me, especially people that are like church kids or people that've been in church all their lives, and then now you have fear, but you huck a buck all over and make videos and put it up on YouTube. Right. <laughs> no, no. I want you to be. I want you to be strong enough for your faith in God to say, "I have faith in God." To say that I pray in Jesus' name. Like, don't be so scared to stand up for that that right. Like, you you so bold to tell your life on social media <laughs> that half right, of us don't care nothing. We don't care nothing about all that stuff anyway. So. <laughs> Seriously. 
So I really think that people have to be a little bit more bold in their faith in God and being open and sharing it. It don't mean that you got to walk up to every stranger and just tell them, you know, Jesus saves. <laughs> he does save. Right. But we don't want you to be that crazy person. That's how you get beat up. <laughs> but in your conversations with your friends or coworkers or people you meet, you can say, well, thank God for the grace of God. Like, just be honest in your lingo. Don't change your right. lingo. Like... And that's hard. I, I, I understand trying to be trying not to be offensive. And I have to catch myself because I'm just so... I just talk how I talk. I'm not going to change up how I talk at church versus how I'm going to talk at my job. So I have to, right. Sometimes I have to catch myself because I really will be like, Jesus knows. I come... I was at Banana <laughs> one time. I was at Banana one time and I said, Jesus help me. And somebody was like, you're saying his name in vain. I said, I am. I got a relationship with the man. I can't be saying his name in vain. <laughs> Right. He knows I'm about to lose it in here. I need help. Help. Help me. Help me. He knows what's about to happen. I've got to say this man's name. It might be coming out in a laughing way because I'm trying to do it lightheartedly. Like you said, right. the mask. I'm trying to do it lightheartedly. But if you if you want me to say it the way I really feel it, baby. Right. <laughs> You'll really be offended. They're going to be like, did she just go to church? She just left us and went to church. Right. right. I would definitely do that. I would definitely do that. So don't be afraid to share your faith and be honest about your faith. If Jesus saved you, he brought you through, then tell him. You don't right. got to say it. Because other religions don't have a problem. They sure enough don't. And it's nothing, and I'm not saying that in a, uh, well, they do it. I, no, but if they don't have a problem, you know, shouting out who they their higher power, who they believe their higher power is, then why should I? Right. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If if that's my faith and that's what helps me get me through and that's what I believe in, I should not have a problem with it. Right. You should not have a problem with it. You know, I don't, I, I don't, and I'm never, I'm going to be honest, I'm never one to knock anyone's religion, although I am a firm believer in mine and not even religion, my relationship. Right. That's it. I, I don't knock what, I have a friend who's Muslim, I don't knock what they, if that's what you and that's what you've grown up on, and that's all you know. Who am I to? Right. But on the other hand, don't come for me because I grew up in a Holy Ghost filled Pentecostal church. <laughs> you you get what I'm saying? Right. Don't. You can't. I, there we go again with balance. If that's what you do, I should be able. Mm-hmm. All his name. Oh, thank you. No, it's true, though. That's very true. And, I mean, out of respect and the maturity level, I should be able to share what I believe and how it has helped me and strengthened me. Because the truth of the matter is, who who I am is built upon my faith in God. I'm not the the person I am. I'm not the worker I am. I'm not the female I am. None of that is is other than but because of the relationship I have with God. Absolutely. If you think I'm a nice person... Then it's because I, I know Jesus. It's that's that's the bottom line. Right. <laughs> that is really the bottom line. Because if know. I didn't know him, and nine times out of ten, I promise you, I would not be nice. <laughs> right. If you mean you don't know him, <laughs> you don't know him. You know. <laughs> but I have this like again one of my theories, not a theory, but it, it helped me figure it out. I said something one day to myself. Yes, I talked to myself some days. I was thinking, I was just like, my relationship affects my lifestyle. 
And because of that, my lifestyle is a reflection of my relationship. That's it. I know that's right. That's good right there. So in anything I do, it may not be some things I do. Make, honestly, I'm, I fall short. But in anything I do, it's because of the relationship I have. Right. It's a direct reflection of my relationship. Like you said, I'm nothing without my relationship. Mm-hmm. I would not be me without my relationship. That's true. And it's my relationship that keeps me from making making any like horrible decisions. I'll say like that. If I made a bad decision, it's my relationship with God that causes me not to make that decision again or make an even worse decision. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Because it helps me learn from my mistakes. Like they said, the, the Holy Ghost is a keeper and it's a reminder. So when I'm about to do that same exact thing, <laughs> it reminds me. He might show me a good flashback. <laughs> Send me a text and say, email. "You might not want to do that one again. You might not want to go down that road again." Um, stop here. Right. And so the Bible says that, and so I, you know, I really believe that. So be encouraged to stand firm in your faith in God, because if you just have faith in faith. Like Sean Mason said a couple episodes back, a few episodes back, just know it's going to end up with nothing. Like, faith and faith is in what? <laughs> and who? Thank you. And who? Faith and who? Be specific about, and like you said, certain settings, you know, kind of, kind of I don't want to say be cautious. In certain settings, they'll say he's a man of faith. Pretty much everybody, depending on who you are, can, can, Put it, put the pieces of the puzzle together to right. like manage mm-hmm. and what. However, when you're in your everyday, not everyday dialogue, but when you're in dialogue something with something, be specific about who you're saying you have faith in. Because uh, you can have faith in Buddha, you can have faith in... You know, be specific about your you faith, faith in who mm-hmm. you have faith in. It's nothing wrong. Don't be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Do not be ashamed of it. Because people can sense fear. They can sense that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We you dri- can sense when somebody's not confident in something. I was thinking the other day, like, how like, I was driving home in the snow from work. You know, I already started snowing. I was like, people just, we're just confidently just driving. <laughs> just on the highway, right. just driving, changing lanes. Just so, so confident. But in what? And who are you confident that you that when you hit your foot on the gas that it's just going to work? You're so confident that when you hit your foot on the brake that your car is really going to stop. Right. Like, I have to have faith in God that He will control my car. That if I skid on ice, He can help my car stop. And if I if it doesn't stop, because it's been times it didn't. <laughs> that he'll direct the car. To that he'll direct the car that I don't end up dead. You know, like. <laughs> Like I did, right. but that has that confidence, that faith has to go to someone or something. It can't just be into my into the plastic pieces on my car. <laughs> I have yeah. faith that the person who constructed yeah. the car knew what they were doing, but just in case it decided <laughs> not to work today. <laughs> just one day, it just decides it wants to do something else. <laughs> you gotta put your faith in. Just it's real life those though. Days, like I have, I just want to do something else. <laughs> There's another topic. <laughs> I just want to do something else. There is another topic, y'all. We 
we going to cover a lot of stuff this year. Because careers is another thing that we like to discuss. And for anybody mm-hmm. who has found their career and found their passion, or for people God who are just bless. trying to figure it out. Just know that we want to tap on a lot of things this year because this show is about renewal and conversation with God involved, but it's also about being relevant. And um, we don't want to just have topics just to say, oh, we have a topic. It's like a preacher saying, I preach the topic, but what (laughs) was it what God told you to preach? You just preached it because you thought it was a good topic. (laughs) <laughs> like ranting getting all your frustrations out right and they, there's preachers that do that they just get to the uh, pulpit and they just let shit. everybody have it and I'd be like child go sit down that is not what God told you to say write it in your diary <laughs> okay so we're real real on this show if you have not known that is what it is but um Kelly told me I'm gonna pray out yep sure <laughs> <laughs> that that so bad you praying today. You praying today. <laughs> but it's okay. This is my first first episode where I'm actually praying on my own show. And I have no problem with it. Um, like I said, the show's taking a little bit of a different direction this year. So flow with us. Flow with us. Ride <laughs> our waves. Flow Get with us with our new guests. Huh? <laughs> What'd you say? Get on your surfboard and ride the wave with us. Right. Right, this typhoon. No, that's a rainstorm. Oh, Lord. Typhoon is a storm. <laughs> Take that back. Rewind. Sorry, guys. Yeah, flow with us with our, you know, our new guests. Um, and hopefully this year I am planning to do my first live show. It's going to be done. Like, you'll see my face, my expressions. And we'll actually have a whole audience. It's going to be real. We doing, we, I'm planning for that. That's one of my goals this year. To do one live show. So, enjoy what you've heard. Enjoy the music. And keep coming back to a new talk. So, I'm going to pray, Kelly. And then, I guess we'll we'll call it quits for the day. Gotcha. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. We thank you for gathering us together on this good day that you've created. And you allowed it to be so for us to know who you are and to know who we are in you. We thank you for the grace and the mercies you've given to us, God. We thank you for the platform and the outlet of Renewed Talk, God. We thank you for my good friend, my sister, Miss Kelly Pritchett, God. We thank you for blessing her. And we thank you for her ideas, how her mind works. We thank you for her creativity, her originality, for just being herself, God. We appreciate you for her today, God. We ask that you would touch every listener, every person that has stopped by, even if they only listened to a portion of the episode, anybody who has done anything, to pay attention to renewed talk. We pray that you would strengthen them, encourage them, God. Let this conversation be real to them, but let it also strengthen them. Let them be reminded to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. Help us to be effective in who we are. Help us to be people who are game changers in the world, God, but also for you, God, so that you can get the glory out of our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.